There's an old line that goes, you know, for a Christian, there's two things you need to do in the morning. The first thing you need to do is to read your Bible. And the second thing you need to do is read the news. And that way you know what both sides are up to. Lately, it seems like the other side has been working pretty hard. I don't know about you, <clears throat> excuse me, but it seems like <clears throat> I'm all choked up already. We've seen the, the enemy working in a lot of ways. I open up my news app and I hear just one piece of bad news after another. We've got a hurricane, Category 5, they think, Hurricane Ida, bearing down on the Gulf and uh, making its way. And, of course, a couple of others have already hit. We have reports of uh, the, the struggle in the labor market and rising inflation. If you're trying to buy a house or you're trying to buy a car, uh, boy, it just it's challenging. Um, if you paid any attention to the news, we see horrific images like parents handing their babies over to strangers, knowing the danger that they are in if they stay. Breaks your heart. Uh, the, the, the tragic news of the, the terror attack and the 13 men and women who lost their lives tragically. It's just one piece of bad news after another. Probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me was the, the labor shortage and the report that there's a Chick-fil-A that's thinking about closing their dining room going to have a prayer service later for that. I'm teasing. That's a joke. But it is. It's, it's all of this bad news. And, and the older I get, the more I become like my grandmother. Grandma used to do kind of this funny thing. Now, this was back in the, back in the days when people used newspapers for, for the millennials down here. Newspapers are giant pieces of paper. They would write out the news so grandma would get the paper, and she would be sitting at the, at the kitchen table, and she would just have it open, and she would go from one headline to the other, and she would shake her head, or she would just furrow her brow, and she would say, what in the world? And the older I get, the more I find myself becoming like my grandmother. What in the world? How did we get here? I didn't ever think it would get this bad, but here we are, and it's likely to get much worse. And that's hard. It's hard if you're a, well, it's easy if you're a pessimist in nature. It's hard if you're more of an optimistic person to just get onslaught after onslaught of bad news. Our world right now is very shaken. Uh, even people who aren't believers, especially people who aren't, aren't believers, rather, are just waking up to the reality that, man, things are bad, and things could get worse. And so this year, it seems especially appropriate that our theme is unshakable. And we're talking about the unshakable nature of the kingdom of God. The unshakable nature of God and His Son and the, the, the church that we're a part of. And so I thought today would be a good time to revisit that theme and to talk about, in a world so shaken, 
how we who are in Christ not only are unshakable, but we have a wonderful opportunity to share the hope that we have. If you're following along in your Bible, and I hope that you are, I want you to turn to the book of 1 Peter. Now, the book of 1 Peter is just a, a little bit of background. He's writing to the elect all over. And he's writing them who are elect, and yet they probably don't feel much like it. They're, they're seeing the world turn against them. And so Peter sort of brings them back to their original hope, what he calls the living hope. In chapter 1, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And this is kind of going to be the theme in, uh, throughout the letter where he talks about holiness and he talks about the way in which we're to be different as people of God and how we relate to the authorities and, and relationships between husbands and wives. And even, even in the face of suffering, even in the face of persecution, Peter's going to call them to remind them of their hope that they have in Christ. And so, if you are following along and you're in 1 Peter, I hope you'll turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. All of the entire letter is good, but we don't have time to go through that in its entirety. But I just want to point out this, this theme uh, this kind of centerpiece verse when he's talking about when the world goes against you. He's starting in verse, uh, I'm going to start just a, a couple of verses prior to give us some context. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, and the implication is you will be, that those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. At, at first, it seems challenging. Uh, hope? How could they possibly have hope? This was a church that was being persecuted, that was being abandoned. Christians were facing uh, many losses in their personal lives, a danger to their families. When they refused to bend the knee toward the emperor and worship him as God, they were directly in the face, putting them in direct danger of persecution. How could they possibly have hope in the face of such evil and suffering? Well, let me me start by clarifying. When I talk about hope this morning, I'm not talking about the following things. 
I'm not talking about just wishful optimism. I'm a pretty optimistic person. I tend to look on the bright side of things. But the hope that we have in Christ is deeper than that. It's not just positive thinking. I'm a positive thinking kind of guy. I like to listen to, to motivational speeches and positive out, you know, thinking and all of that. I think those things are good. I think it's good to, to focus your mind on the good things. But, but hope is not just positive thinking. It's deeper than that. And it's not a quick fix. Hope, having hope today does not mean things are going to be better tomorrow. It's not a quick fix. That's why the, the, the hope that we're talking about, the living hope that Peter refers to, is deeper. The writer of Hebrews is making his plea toward Christians who had come out of, uh, of the Old Covenant and who had turned to Christ. And now they're considering going back. And the writer of Hebrews is making the case why that would be a foolish choice, because in Christ everything is better than the old. But in the book of Hebrews, they're nestled in chapter 6. Verse 19, the writer writes these words that I think would be a, a hearty amen by Peter. Hebrews 6, verse 19. He says, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, a lot of that kind of goes over our heads. But the writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, the holy of holies that you once knew, Ah, That's who we have in Christ. The person that could only go there once a year and had to do so with great reverence. Uh, That person has entered into the most holy place. It's Christ. And he says, we have this hope in Him. And He is the anchor for the soul. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. You see, our hope is in Christ, and He is the lasting hope. He is the anchor for the soul. And so, whatever happens all around you, as long as your soul is anchored in Christ, you can have what Peter called the living hope. Let me explain with a story. And you know, I just got back from vacation, so you're getting a lot of vacation stories. Uh, I apologize, but you're going to get them anyway. One of the things that we did on our vacation to the beach, we took an adventure to go snorkeling and shelling. And we did that as a family. It was kind of a neat little adventure. And they get you on the boat, and they give everybody their snorkeling gear. And you go in, and you take the boat to a couple of places where you can find some good seashells and see different things. And it's really a neat experience. What was interesting was on this particular excursion, we went to two places And we had two very different experiences. The first place that the boat went to, they pulled in, the sun was bright, the sky was clear, the water was calm. And as we came in close to the shore, the captain threw over the anchor. 
Then he gave us instructions, and we all got off the boat and began looking and snorkeling around, and we did that for about an hour. It was great fun, and then they tooted the horn and called us all back in, and we loaded on the boat, and he pulled up the anchor, and he moved the boat to another place. He said, you'll really love this place. It's, it's uh, I believe it's called Crab Island, <laughs> which didn't necessarily comfort me real well. But we get to the shore of Crab Island, and as we're going, the, the, the skies that were clear, all of a sudden the clouds began to come in. And the water that was calm began to get a little choppier. Now, it wasn't terrifying. We weren't in any mortal danger or anything like that. But, but we pulled in, and the, the rain began to come down, began to sprinkle just a little bit. They threw the anchor over. And we all got off. We followed the instructions, and we snorkeled. And, but the, the more we were in the water, the harder the rain came down. All of a sudden, the thunder and, of course, the, you know, the danger with lightning and all of that. So they toot the horn, and they bring us all back on the boat. Well, it didn't get any better on the boat. The storm got bigger. The, the wind began to really kick up. The, 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 the rain began going from up and down to driving in from the side. It became quite torrential. We're all huddling around in the center of this open boat just trying to stay warm. The boat begins, they bring up the anchor, the boat begins to move, and we begin to progress slowly through the storm until we get back to the shore. Those two experiences were very different, and yet, and yet, while we were on the boat, as we were nestled in to the shore, I never doubted the security of the boat, because both times the captain had cast the anchor over, holding it firm and secure. In waters of calm and in waters of chaos, we didn't have to worry because the anchor was secure. I hope that you can, you, you can understand that, that that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. In your little boat, of your little life. I'm not sure if the waters are calm or if the waters are chaos. But the question is not the condition of the water. The question is, do you have an anchor? The anchor for the soul. That's what Peter calls our living hope. So I told you what living, what hope is not. Let me give you my best definition of living hope. It's this. It's confident trust in the promises of God, in Christ Jesus. I'll be write that down. Because it's important that sometimes we feel hopeful when things are going well. But when things are not going well, when the boss calls you in and says, you know, we're, we're going to have to lay everybody off, do you feel hopeful? No. Is your soul anchored or not? When the doctor calls you in and says, I've got some bad news that came back from the lab. You feel hopeful? Well, the question is, is your soul anchored? Is it anchored in the confident trust in the promises of God in Christ Jesus? Go back again to what Peter wrote at the beginning of the letter. 1 Peter chapter 1. Blessed. That word blessed there, sometimes people say, well, that just means happy. Eh, Happy is kind of a shallow definition. 
Because blessed is deeper than happy. Most of you know Justin Abraham. If you ask him how he's doing, he will say, I'm blessed. What he didn't say is there, I'm happy. It doesn't mean that life is always great. It doesn't mean that life isn't e- that is always easy. That it doesn't come without its challenges. But whether calm or chaos, Justin understands his anchor is secure. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance. Inheritance is something that that is yours, but it's not yet. it's, it's, It's going to be yours, but you have not realized it now. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. To every person in Christ has been born again to this living hope. That's what that is. Confident trust in the promises of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, Let's see, I need to do a random audience poll here. Um, If you've been a Christian for more than 40 years, would you stand up? All right. If you have been a Christian... Uh, for more than 50 years, stay standing. If you've between 40 and 49, sit down. You're a Christian 50 years. If you've been a Christian 60 years or more, please stay standing. If you've been a Christian 70 years or more, please stay standing. If you've been a Christian 80 years or more, Running out of numbers here, guys. <laughs> All right. How many years? Say it again. 85. How many years, Helen? Say again. 81. Okay. 85 and 81 years. Now, our newest Christian, stay standing for just a second, Lavera. Our newest Christian is Clark Harold's. Stand up. Clark's been a Christian how many days? Four. Whether you've been a Christian for four days or 85... Stay standing. Stay standing. She's, she's stronger than you are, okay? <laughs> Whether you've been a Christian for four years or for 85 years or anywhere in between, our hope comes not from who we are, not from our life's conditions, not from what we consider the externals, but the internal. And both Lavera and Clark are anchored to the very same hope. Isn't that cool? May we not forget where our hope lies. You guys can be seated. Thank you. Every Christian, every Christian 
is anchored to that unshakable hope in Christ Jesus. And so here it is. Here's the answer to the sermon. This whole summer we've been talking about sharing your faith and and reaching out to others. And I know people don't like that topic because it's scary. Well, I don't have all the answers. What if they ask a question I don't have? Peter says this, there is one thing that every single Christian from four days to 85 years or more can share with someone else, and it's this, the reason for your hope in Christ. Everyone can share that. If you're a Christian, the reason you are a Christian, the reason you made that decision to follow Him, to obey Him, to put Him on a baptism, to leave behind sin, the reason you made that decision is because of the hope that Jesus Christ offered. And so whether if you're a Christian, every Christian can and should share the reason for the hope you have in Christ. Colossians chapter 1 Verse 27, for those of you following along in the scripture, Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, Paul's writing and he says, To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope. Of glory. I have a question. Are you hopeful? I'm sorry, that wasn't a rhetorical question. Are you hopeful? Turn to your neighbor and ask him, are you hopeful? And you better answer, oh yeah. Now I hope that you're hopeful and you're not just doing that because the preacher asked you to do it. I hope that you're hopeful because you believe and trust in the hope that Jesus offers us. Now, why are you hopeful? Uh, Peter just says, offer a reason. So that tells me that everybody's going to have their different reasons how you can be hopeful. Why are you hopeful? This morning, let me offer you a couple. Number one, hope gives temporary people eternal perspective. Hope gives temporary people eternal perspective. In John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Now these were to the apostles, and they were worried. They were anxious. Jesus is leaving. What? What are we supposed to do? They were filled with fear and anxiety and worry. And Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Look what he does. He points them upward. Believe in God. Believe also in me. What's Jesus doing in that moment? He's giving them eternal perspective. You see, worry and fear and anxiety, those things come from our limited perspective. What are you worried about right now? Think about it. What are the things that keep you up at night? Do you know why you're worried over them? Because you have limited perspective. Because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or the week or the next month or quarter or the year. You don't know what's going to happen because of your limited perspective. That fills you with fear. Your heart is troubled. 
But when you get that eternal perspective, it changes everything. Let me give you a silly, silly example. Remember the movie The Sixth Sense? The Sixth Sense was an interesting movie, and it was, it was interesting because everybody had the same experience. And that is, the first time you watched The Sixth Sense was very different than the second time you watched The Sixth Sense. And, and the story is basically of this troubled kid and this police detective who tries to help him. And you go through the entire story, and at the end you realize that the police detective had been dead the entire time. And he was haunting this poor kid, and he didn't even realize it. You're like, spoiler alert, listen, the movie came out in 1999. If you haven't seen it by now, that's on you. Now, you watch that movie the first time, and and there's that moment when you realize that he's been dead the entire time, and you go, what? And then you watch it the second time, and you're like, oh, oh, aha. Now, why did you do that? Because you had greater perspective the second time than you did than the first. Because you knew the whole story. Now, think about it like this. The story of your life, as you're watching along, sometimes things happen. It doesn't really make sense. It seems kind of random. It doesn't, you don't see how God's going to deliver you through this. But there's going to come a time when you will have a Eternal perspective of your life, and you'll say, Oh, aha, wow. That's what hope gives us greater perspective. And the greater our hope, the bigger our perspective. Reason two our eternal hope passes, far surpasses rather, our momentary afflictions. I need your audience participation again. I want you to stand for me if you've ever been in pain. I mean serious pain. I'm not just pain that comes and goes. Maybe you're in pain right now. You groaned as you stood up. Okay. I want you to stand for me if you've had a serious life debilitating illness. I want you to... (laughs) Sorry, stay standing. This is it. Sorry. I want you to stand if you've ever experienced... We're confused on standing, aren't we? We don't do it that much. Stay standing if I ask you to stand. If you've ever experienced heartache, please stand. If you've... Now stay with me. Some of this stuff is big. If you've ever experienced loss, like serious loss, stand. If you've experienced the death of someone that you love that just ripped your heart out, stand. If you've experienced abandonment, stand. Anxiety, depression, despair, stand. Now, now hopefully I got everyone, but the point is this. We've all had these afflictions We've all had suffering in this world. That's what this world, you know, it's not just today. It's always been that way. Now, I want you to listen as you stand to Romans 8.18. Paul says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory 
that is to be revealed to us. There's coming a day. There's coming a day when whatever you've suffered will have the eternal perspective. And it doesn't lessen your pain now, but it just glorifies the reward and the joy that's coming. If we stay faithful to Him, please be seated. Sermon's going a little long, so I wanted to give you a little seventh inning stretch there. Aunt Donna was nearing the end of her life. She knew it was the end of her life. Her children and her children's children knew it was the end of her life, and I knew. The hospital visits become more frequent. One of the times that I went in to visit her, she was in the hospital bed, still smiling. But what struck me that day in that hospital visit, I don't even remember exactly what we talked about, but there on the tray, usually you have your hospital food, was her Bible. That Bible that I watched her carry Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday night. And it was open. Now, I don't know. I wish I had asked what she was reading that day. But I think knowing Aunt Donna and knowing her wisdom and knowing the hope that she had and knowing that she was anchored in Jesus Christ, perhaps it was open to 2 Corinthians 4.16. So we do not lose heart. Though the outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Or maybe it wasn't Second Corinthians 4.16, maybe it was Revelation chapter 21 near the very end of the book. And John writes that He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. I think she was ready to, I know she was ready to leave this world. And I know her hope was not in anything found in that hospital. Her hope was where her soul was anchored. In Christ. You see, with the hope of Christ, every affliction is temporary. And someday, someday, friends, there will be no more hospitals. And someday, doctors will no longer be necessary. Someday, funeral homes will be at an end because of Christ Jesus. That's the promise that we're offered. That's the hope that we have. I want to, I had one more point to make, but we're long. If you'll just bring me to the last picture. I was standing on the edge of the ocean with the white foam at my feet. I felt the endless thundering motion. One thing that was interesting as I stood there and looked into the horizon is not what I saw, but what I felt at my feet. You see, the, the beach is a strange place because you walk along the sand as, it, as it's wet and it's compacted and it's hit again and again, and the sand feels firm. But when you stand on it, as the water hits it, 
instantly begins to wash away the sand. And so what began to seem firm, all of a sudden, is shifting. And with every wave, what seemed firm seemed less and less firm. Psalm 62, the psalmist wrote, Yes, yes, my soul, find rest in God, for my hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I will not be shaken. In a world that's hopeless, you and I in Christ have a great reason, hopefully many reasons, to be hopeful. My question is, are you? If you find yourself less than, perhaps you're focusing on the shifting sand instead of anchoring yourself in the rock of Jesus Christ. And may I encourage you, as the sand shifts every single day, and we watch our world change, and our nation change, and our schools change, and your neighborhoods change, as you watch all of that shift And be eroded away. May your hope be much deeper than the shifting sand. May you be anchored firmly in Christ Jesus. And if you're not in Christ Jesus, if your anchor hasn't been cast over the boat, this morning you have an excellent opportunity to do that. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is, all other ground is sinking sand. You have the living hope. Is your anchored soul anchored firm and secure in Christ Jesus? If not, we can help you with that this morning. Whether you want to make the same decision Clark made on Wednesday night to put on Christ in baptism and to begin that journey, or if you just lost your hope and you need the prayers of our shepherds, they'd be glad to do that. Whatever your need might be, if you have a need, won't you go to the back where our shepherds will meet you and help you with whatever spiritual needs you might have. If you have a need, please respond. Let's stand and sing together.